Hi, and welcome to The Summons. I'm Camille, and I'm here today with Dr. Scott Stevenson from the Centre for Comparative Constitutional Studies, also known as the CCCS. You may remember Dr. Stevenson as a lecturer for the Principles of Public Law or Constitutional Law courses, but today he's talking to us in his capacity as one of the conveners for the CCCS's Constitutional Law Conference, a regular conference that brings academics and professionals together to discuss the major developments in constitutional law in Australia and beyond. Thanks for having me, Camille. It's a delight to be here. <laughs> Thank you. So today's show and topic has come about because I heard about the conference from the Centre's newsletter and thought it would be an interesting opportunity to discuss constitutional law as well as spread the word about the event for those interested. So Scott, would you mind telling me and the listeners a bit more about the conference? Right, okay. So, well, the, the object of, of this conference is to sort of situate, to sort of uh, sit somewhere between two other really quite popular conferences in Australia, one of them being uh, held by the UNS, uh, University of New South Wales every January, which is sort of a, a retrospective on the High Court from the previous year. And then there's a, a conference run by the ANU, which is more of a scholarly conference called the Public Law Weekend, uh, that sort of mainly engages in, with sort of theoretical scholarship. And so what the purpose of the conference that we run at Melbourne Law School uh, every sort of second year or so, uh, is to sort of conduct a medium-term retrospective on the High Court and its constitutional law cases. So it, it's designed to be of interest to both uh, barristers and solicitors, so practitioners, as well as academics. And the idea is to bring, uh, to sort of to reflect on some of the major themes that have emerged from the jurisprudence of the High Court uh, in the last sort of two to four years or so. And so we've sort of identified sort of four major themes that we think have sort of been um, quite topical in the High Court and that there are a lot of unanswered questions in relation to these themes and that sort of has oriented the, the format of the conference. So we have a, a mixture of speakers from universities as well as the bar uh, and sort of try to bring them together and, and also to therefore sort of facilitate some uh, sort of dialogue between the sort of two arms of the, the legal profession. Yeah. So what are those four themes that you have? Right. So the first uh, theme that we have is one that's sort of been enduring since the Pape and Williams cases, which is non-statutory executive power. And so we've asked uh, Ken Hayne, who's a professorial fellow here at Melbourne and former High Court judge, uh, to give uh, sort of the second uh, of his sort of major papers on this topic. So he's been doing a lot of thinking and writing uh, on this topic about the extent to which uh, government contracting needs to be um, authorised by legislation and so forth. And uh, he gave uh, his sort of first paper on this at the Melbourne uh, University Law Review uh, um, uh, event earlier this year, and it's being published in the Melbourne University Law Review. And this will be sort of his second, more broader paper, um, reflecting on some of the themes and, and sort of actually trying to map a path forward uh, in terms of what are still the, the areas of uncertainty and what might be some of the uh, techniques and principles that you could use to resolve these in the context of non-statutory executive power. And then we have uh, Justice McLeish of the Court of Appeal of Victoria and Associate Professor Kristen Rundle from Melbourne Law School to sort of offer some reflections from both a sort of judicial and scholarly perspective on uh, his paper. Uh, in terms of the second sort of major theme, this has arisen a lot in, in the 
migration context, which is um, essentially about retrospectivity and legislation. So particularly in relation to migration decisions, we've seen Parliament often come in and enact retrospective legislation to address uh, legal issues that have arisen in High Court um, and other courts uh, litigation. And so we wanted to reflect a little bit on uh, some of the issues, particularly from the perspective of the rule of law, uh, that are presented by these. And so we've asked um, sort of, again, a, a range of scholars, Lorraine Finlay from Murdoch University, Brendan Lim from the New South Wales Bar, and Dan Ma from La Trobe to sort of give different sort of um, perspectives on whether this is a problem or not and to what extent it's unique to, say, the migration context or is reflective of a broader attitude within Parliament about the enactment of legislation. Uh, then turning to the other two sort of uh, panels, the sort of third one uh, is reflecting on proportionality, which is probably uh, what, an area that's probably in the greatest flux at the moment or is one of in, in so far as there was sort of a major set of developments in the McCoy case a few years back, adopting structured proportionality by at least a majority of the High Court. Then we saw a more recently in the case of Murphy, a step back from that where uh, only one member of the court endorsed, uh, you know, the same approach that was adopted in McCoy. And then there's a case that's currently pending before the High Court at the moment involving Senator Paul, former Senator Bob Brown and the state of Tasmania, where there have been submissions to the court to overturn McCoy. Uh, and so at the moment, the state of proportionality is in a lot of flux. Uh, and so therefore, we've got the former Solicitor General, Justin Gleeson, and Professor Adrian Stone from Melbourne, uh, to again give some sort of more substantive papers reflecting on the state of proportionality right now and what options might be open to the court uh, going forward in mm. the future. Well, can I stop you there? Would you mind explaining to our listeners what proportionality is, just because it's a bit nebulous without context sure, in case they haven't done it yet? <laughs> so proportionality is essentially a framework for evaluating human rights claims. Uh, and it's, it's most prominently risen in Australia in the freedom of political communication context. So in Australia, the High Court has uh, implied into the Constitution uh, a protection of freedom of political communication such that Parliament cannot enact a law that restricts freedom of political communication uh, except if it has essentially a good reason for doing so. Uh, and proportionality is a, is a method of working out whether Parliament did or did not have a good reason for restricting political communication or not. Proportionality uh, is the sort of almost global model of uh, rights balancing uh, that emerges from uh, Germany in the early 20th century and late 19th century. It spreads across the world after the end of World War II uh, and is adopted by large numbers of countries and just more recently in Australia, just a few years back, the, a, a group of High Court judges adopted in Australia. But it has proven to be quite controversial in Australia, uh, and part of this panel is trying to reflect on why that's the case, as in if it is so well accepted elsewhere, why do Australian judges have a problem with it? Partly that has to do with, we think, the nature of the the right that's being protected here, that it's a freedom rather than a right, and it's implied rather than express. Uh, but partly it's because I think there are some uh, people who view proportionality as a, as a quite intrusive form of analysis, as in it involves the courts 
subjecting Parliament's laws to quite careful scrutiny about whether they have an appropriate reason for limiting the law or not. And so uh, there's, uh, the court has always engaged in some form of balancing between the interest that Parliament is pursuing and the protected right, and it's the, the, sort of, the debate about proportionality is whether the, that sort of framework, which involves a number of steps, looking at whether Parliament should have adopted a less restrictive means of pursuing its objective and so forth, whether that's the appropriate way of evaluating these claims. Mm. Very interesting. So that's proportionality after McCoy. <laughs> right. And so then just finally, the last uh, session is essentially a retrospective on the French court. So Chief Justice French has recently retired and there's obviously a, a huge number of decisions associated with the French court. And so we just wanted to single out one area where there was quite a lot of development uh, during his time as Chief Justice, which was in relation to the separation of powers doctrine. And so we've sort of got together a group of scholars who all have a, a very different, I think, view on the sort of different decisions that were made here. And so we have Jeff Goldsworthy, or Goldsworthy from Monash, James Stelios from the ANU, Julia Watson from the Victorian Bar, and Fiona Wheeler from the ANU to sort of comment a bit about uh, some of the major decisions there and what they demonstrate in terms of a broader arc about you know how the separation of powers functions what does it protect what does it not protect mm, fascinating so it's quite a stellar lineup um coming to melbourne Uni. that's right we've been very lucky uh with the speakers that we've managed to convince to come uh, to melbourne <laughs> is it held in the university here that's right yes yeah. yeah. so the the conference itself uh, is held at the university as well as the uh, the dinner afterwards where Justice Gordon of the High Court will be uh, speaking to us about the role of courts and that uh, as part of the uh, dinner speech. Beautiful. And people can just get tickets online? That's right. So yeah. registrations are still open. So if you would like to come, uh, it's possible just visit the website and uh, register there. Fantastic. And what else is the um, Centre for Comparative Constitutional Studies up to? Yeah. Right, so uh, the centre has been very busy over the last couple of years uh, under the directorship of Adrian Stone, who's been now joined by Kristen Rundle. Uh, it does a number of activities. Some of them are submissions to parliamentary inquiries and committees and so forth, so it's engaged in debates about law reform and so forth. Uh, it also holds uh, a number of sort of workshops, some of them open to the public, some of them uh, to members of the law school, where um, guests are invited to present papers and papers are workshopped and so forth. Uh, and more generally, uh, it maintains connections with other sort of centres that do similar work in other countries and we sort of facilitate exchanges of scholarship and, and run conferences between them. So it's essentially a, a body that uh, essentially tries to run some events uh, for the benefit of the sort of broader legal community, some for the law school and some for other scholars in other jurisdictions. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. Thanks very much, Camille. My pleasure. Bye.